Hey guys, welcome to Beyond the Walls podcast. I am Sarah and I get to be joined here with Joe and we have the opportunity to serve at Rise Church in Aberdeen, South Dakota, where we strive to love God, serve people and lead others into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And here at Beyond the Walls podcast, we are diving into the conversations that we don't get to on a Sunday morning. So starting us off, we are going to be diving into our new series called The War. So Joe, you want to kind of fill us in on what The War is all about? Yes, The War. We've been talking about what is worth fighting for. Uh, so often in life, we know what uh, Christians or followers of Christ are against, but we really are spending time on what is worth fighting for. And the first in our series was God-centered marriages and relationships, and we had the honor of having uh, the Amanda, amazing Amanda Davison join us uh, during that uh, series where she's a wife, a mother of three, president and owner, or nonprofit, uh, a wife like me. I don't know. Are you an owner, Amanda? Does that count as that? You know, it's a great, I don't even know. I founded it and I'm leading it. I don't know. That's <laughs> I guess awesome. I am. I don't know. Yeah, sure. Whatever it is. Um, and we've asked Amanda to come on back and have conversations that are beyond the wall, beyond the Sunday morning. Because like we talked uh, on that original um, Sunday morning, there was just, we, we just scratched the surface of all that um that we wanted to talk about God-centered marriages and relationships. So thank you so much for being back with us, Amanda. Why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Hey, thanks for having me. I'm really glad to be here. This is such an important topic. And um, as I shared when I was with you guys in South Dakota at Arise, um, we often don't focus on this on a Sunday, let alone I, you know, I rarely see churches deciding to go deeper, um, sort of offline, if you will, out of a Sunday morning. And so this is, I'm just like high-fiving you guys in this fight for healthy Christ-centered marriages. Um, I'm happy to be here because obviously this is my passion. This is what I do it, do just day in and day out, um, is really help marriages not be unhappy and so um, that comes from a personal passion of mine, my own background in marriage, kind of failing at it myself, wanting to get out of the marriage I was in 10 years, um, actually 12 years ago. Um, but I ended up staying only because I was stubborn. And then, you know, God really just brought me to him. I surrendered my life to him in 2012. And uh, ever since then, uh, I've, I'm sharing what he's showing me with anyone who will listen. And so now we have a wife like me, which is our marriage ministry, specifically for wives, because that's what God was calling me to do. But essentially, we equip marriages to really not only stay married. We don't want that. We we don't want families just staying together. We want families healthy and happily married. And so that's what we're fighting for. And um, just again, super pumped to be chatting and and um, going deeper with you guys today. So thanks for having me. Awesome, yeah. So it's just awesome getting to hear your a little bit of your background, how you got started, and um, a wife like me. It's such a cool organization. All your team, what you guys do. Um, but I guess diving right on into it, um, when we started this off, God centered marriages. I think the big question that comes from comes right out of that is what is a God-centered marriage. I mean, I, I'm i coming from a generation where a lot of uh, people my age now are kind of, a, we have a bit of a fear of marriage and stuff. And a lot of people fear 
divorce with marriage. And um, so if there's kind of the benefits of where you can live together, you don't have to get married, but you can live together, do all the things like, and if things go south, y'all can just separate and there's no divorce, there's no marriage, there's no confusion in that. Um, a lot of people see the benefit in just kind of lifelong partnerships um, and the kind of the idea of marriage is maybe kind of dying out. So what I guess would be your take on the value of marriage and with that, the value of God-centered marriages? Mm, such a good question. So I think in order to answer that, we have to take a step back a little bit and understand even the reason why we are living, I guess, just in the way that you explained, where we're not seeing benefit um, of even marriage because it is lacking. We aren't seeing beautiful biblical marriages around us. And so therefore, um, because oftentimes that message is so lost or rare, why wouldn't we just kind of keep it safe and not just just stay not married and, and do what's comfortable? So we have to understand that we are either going to be living for the world or living for Jesus. Uh, and it starts there because you know, um, thinking back before I even became a Christian at 29, I had no idea that I was not living for Jesus. I call, I would have called myself a Christian. I went to church sometimes growing up. My husband and I were attending church together, even as a married couple. Uh, so I would have even described myself as being Christian, even though I had no idea that I actually wasn't. Um, and because of that, and like so many other in the world today that we see, um, um, we we aren't aware of the, the biblical reason, biblical purpose, beautiful, biblical design for marriage. And therefore, if we don't know that, we're going to just live according to the world. And so like like I did and like so many are, um, we just sort of fall into what, what we see working or not working. And then we live according to whatever we want or we don't want. And so even myself growing up in a home where my parents divorced when I was five, all I knew was dysfunction. All I knew was hard things. And so therefore, why would I want to emulate what sucked? <laughs> why would I want to get, why would I want to get married and have an unhealthy marriage or get divorced? Those options are not good and they're not appealing. So it's a lot easier then for us to understand why so many in the world today uh, and in our generation are choosing that because it's the lesser of two evils, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's, I mean, it makes sense. And we have to have compassion for that. Because again, if we're growing up in homes where there is a lack of biblical beauty in marriage, um, how in the world are we ever going to fight for it if we don't even know about it? Um, so uh, I say that. And so the world's definition too of marriage, which we need to know and understand is, is all for us. It's for you, for your happiness, for your success, for you to experience that life you've always wanted, for that family you've always wanted, to have that house you've wanted, for, for you to be really kind of like up your game and level up, if you will. Like just have all the good things that you want in life. And the American picture, I'm doing air quotes, of a family today um, is typically gained through marriage. So through marriage, you can have all these things. A lifelong partner, marry your best friend, X, Y, Z, fill in the blanks of all the good things that will come after you're married. 
Um, so that's why people tend to get married today in our generation. Um, and that's from a world's perspective. The problem with that is that we know that Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So he makes even um, good things become like seem even better to us. So while inherently that doesn't sound wrong, what I just described, um, what happens when we aren't happy? What happens when that person we married isn't making us happy anymore? What happens when things get hard and um, circumstances change and, you know, we're not experiencing that same level of success or freedom in, or we're not experiencing what we thought we would? Then what? Well, look at the divorce rate today. Look at the unhappily married couples today and the dysfunctional homes and families we have today. It's written all over it. Um, we either leave or we say, but we're unhappy or we have issues, but we don't know how to really navigate them well in a biblical way. And so for the, so therefore we just continue on in them. Um, so that's the, that's this picture of like what's, what we're seeing today, what we're fighting for. And what I know you guys are fighting for is this beautiful kind of unveiling, unearthing and reestablishing, restoring of what God intended which is so different than the world. It's sort of backwards. Um, the, I mean, God created marriage. I'm sure you've probably heard that. Um, he created it I've heard to that be once or good. Twice. What was that? I've heard that a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and because our God is good, um, he creates good things and he created us with, with a beautiful purpose. And we see that purpose throughout scripture we see it in the beginning of scripture um and he calls us to represent his love to the world um all throughout scripture we see that um you know within marriage it's this beautiful mirroring of christ's love for the church god's love for you and me the church being any follower of jesus so out of his great love for us he now designed marriage to be a representing of God's love for the church, God's love for you and me. So essentially, um, God's design for marriage is so good because as we understand what this representing actually looks like, um, we actually experience it for ourselves within marriage and we're displaying it for the world to see. The whole point of God's love story, the, the very best love story, is to bring us back to him. It's this beautiful love of his, the God's love for us, for his children. And he restores and he redeems us through his son, Jesus Christ. And so as we love in this beautiful way through marriage, it's this opportunity for the world to see God's love for them through and by the way, we love each other in marriage. Um, that's what we're missing. And so the opportunity we have in marriage, you, you asked, Sarah, what's the benefit of a biblical Christ-centered marriage? It's the opportunity that we have that, and the glory that we've been given to carry as Christ followers, as children of God. He's given us his glory to carry to actually multiply what has already been done but to really unveil it and bring it into the earth so that more and more and more people will, will come to him, will come back to the Father, will surrender their lives to him, to want to live for him, and so on and so on. It's this domino effect. But we aren't, we aren't 
seeing that because again, we aren't hearing this message. It starts with what you're doing now, hearing this, then be beginning to understand what this actually looks like, the, the practical implications of how do I live it out? And then, you know, the, the ripple effect will begin, but it starts here because we're not even listening. We're not even hearing this. So, yeah. 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 No, I think that's absolutely spot on of, um, it really does come down to if we're living for the world or if you're living for, um, God's purpose within marriage. Um, so I think, I think it's definitely worth, um, worth diving into and worth fighting for of displaying God's love for us through, through marriage. And, um, obviously like we kind of touched on before the world is and the world's broken and we have kind of this distorted situation that we're currently living in, living in a broken world, but we're still called to, to follow God and be his example of his church and live that out. And, um, so I think a lot of the conversations that we've had and that I think we'll kind of touch on, uh, through these conversations is just how to, how to best live that out despite the brokenness that each of us, um, have, has within ourselves and within each other and in this world. Um, but I just like, just as a, a question to you guys, I guess, as both of you guys are married, um, what has been the most, I guess, what's been the most rewarding thing coming through um, your years of marriage? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, first off, I, I want to go back, Amanda, there's so many amazing things that you said in there. And I want to thank you so much for your call um, to fight for marriages and fight for, um, that, that happiness and joy that can come from marriage. Um, thank you for that. Um, mm -hmm. and I pray that you continue to lose sleep over it because we honestly, I, I mean, the fact that, uh, that marriage is considered the lesser of two evils, it, it kind of, yeah. I mean, it, it's so true. People aren't experiencing it and aren't enjoying what God intended for marriage. And I think through, my marriage um, uh, to Lindsay for, I think, a little over 17 years now, um, I think one of the things I learned is um, that it's not easy, that it is hard, and it takes work. And I think that's one of the things, um, as I carry into especially doing marriage counseling now, or premarital counseling, um, is, is even talking about that it's not easy, and that it is hard, but it, it is totally worth it. Um, so... Yeah, just seeing so much life come f and, and freedom come from just having that conversation, I think, opens a whole lot of doors to people tearing down walls and, and expressing how they feel and communication and um, getting back to restoring, like like you said, un unveiling and um, reestablishing of, of what marriages are supposed to be um, because it is hard and it is scary and it is uncomfortable sometimes, but that's okay because we're broken humans um, coming together, doing life and what's supposed to represent God's perfect, beautiful love for us. So it's not, <laughs> it's not going to be all that in a bag of chips sometimes. So. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's a good question, Sarah. I think of, there's like tons of scripture on <laughs> the Christian walk being described and I'm laughing or I'm giggling because it's like, I don't mean to be negative, but it's, this is beautiful. So stick with me. But 
just all the different um, scripture pointing to like Jesus saying, and even in Matthew 16, 24, I'm thinking um, he's saying to his followers. So to you and me, anyone who follows me, Jesus is saying, if you want, if you want to come after me and follow me, you, you need to de- deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. So <laughs> I think that that's marriage. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I, I think it's the most um, beautiful and most difficult picture of that because you're sort of saying, essentially, I think like when we get married, you're sort of saying like, well, um, through this marriage with you, I am like promising to deny myself and carry up this cross of this marriage and of you and your ridiculousness and my ridiculousness and figuring it out and like continually dying to myself um, and my needs and my wants and saying, okay, um, this is hard and I love you. And not even if I feel like I love you right now, even though I know I do, I might not like you, but my love for Jesus is so much that I'm willing to crucify this again and 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 again every single day. It's painful, yet I think of I think of Jesus. Um, he wanted to, and I think that as, like I can just imagine the little brief window we get as humans of what crucifying ourselves daily looks like in marriage. Um, I can I, the the result of that is this beautiful like outpouring of sacrifice. And just a little bit, we get to do that in marriage, um, as hard as it is. Like, I, I just, that's Jesus, that's his love. He lowered himself to the point of death because he loves us that much. And so if that's what marriage is, um, and if that's what the picture of beautiful, God-centered marriages is, I'm willing to do that, not for me, but because I love Jesus, because I know what he did for me and I want to honor him. Um, that's what makes marriage awesome is that when we get to do that, even if your spouse isn't wanting to do that in the moment or that's the season you're in or that's who you married and now you're a Christian and they're not, you get to do that. You get to experience that yourself. Um, and that's this beautiful, like, um, as we, as we decide to empty out ourselves and just serve in love, um, we, we, he sharpens us, he prunes us. He gives us his peace and his abundance as we do that through that process. But we don't get to experience that if we're right, if we're if we're trying to fight for our, like what what we're right in, what we need, want. Like um, that's the, so that's the goal, and that's just really hard because we get in the way of of wanting to do that. So tricky. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that absolutely. Um that would be hard. And it's that dynamic. I think in, in, uh, some of that, what you said was you might not like the other person, but you still choose to love them. And, um, just that it is such a selfless, a selfless act of deciding each day to put that other person before yourself. And, um, just how that truly does just reflect what Jesus did for us. And it's supposed to be that image of how Christ loves us and um, 
I guess, yeah, if that's, I think the danger is in losing that image. And I think that's so much of what the enemy is trying to do by attacking marriages and why we're seeing so many marriages attacked is because it's supposed to be this image of Christ's love for us. And if that's broken, if that's torn down, then that image of what it's supposed to look like is going to be distorted. It's going to be um, even just perverted to other people or non-Christians. If they're like, if that, if marriage is supposed to be what you know, loving God is like, then I don't want any of that, you know? So, um, I think going back to that of, if we can, if we can take back marriages and we can focus them again on truly God centered, uh, relationships, that that would be a more accurate picture. And like you said of, um, that's the whole goal. That's the living it out for people to see. And that should be something that's attractive. That should be something that people want. Um, and the hard part is, is that we are messy, broken people that are selfish and we want, um, we want things for ourselves and that can be hard to live out and to die to ourselves. And so, um, yeah, I think even just taking back the image that marriage is hard, it's not just rainbows and butterflies and honeymoons and just all these beautiful, fun yeah. things. Like there's a lot of work and effort that goes into that. But, um, yeah, Joe, I don't know if you have any kind of thoughts on even just in starting the war of kind of your purpose behind starting with marriages first, I guess. Yeah. Um, marriages, it, it wasn't initially what we wanted to start out with. We started praying about what uh, we are now in our third year of ministry here at Arise Church in Aberdeen, South Dakota. And we had come up with the conversation of like, if this was our last year, if year three was our last year, what kind of impact do we want to have? Where do we want our fingerprint to be? And so we started um, talking just about uh, the local needs and the things that we know about within our community. And we have two amazing people in within our um, staff and church body that are our addiction counselors. And so we um, started asking questions and know how rampant and chaotic and crazy and how much need is just in um the dictionary to, to step up and start talking about and praying about and see how the church can come alongside. And as we were praying through addiction and the needs and everything that addiction affects us from substance to thoughts, to pornography, all of it. Uh, one of the things that came out of that is human trafficking through that conversation. So you did a whole lot of research on a lot of this. So um, I don't have all the statistics in front of me, but a lot of people that are within uh, prostitution or human trafficking, uh, majority come out of some form of addiction. And then with that, um, or drugs, or um, and then through that, a lot of people, if you go back in just the time frame, a lot of people get into addiction or through human trafficking through broken families, so like foster families and adoption. And I'm not saying this all are ticker, ticker, Articulately. Thank you very much. Got you, buddy. Um, Enough with how much we've actually put into this. But um, so learning that um, through broken families and that without having that godly representation of what a marriage should look like, people are getting into addictions and and just spiraling and how they all intersect with each other and they all like pull each other back in so like you can't get out of one and get out of another and it's just it's horrible satan has his fingers wrapped all over it and so to if we're really going to combat um 
what what scripture calls the least of these so the, the widows and the orphans and and addiction and, and human trafficking we really have to start to where some of the roots are laid from from god-centered marriages and relationships so that's that's essentially why the war started of, of what is worth fighting for mm-hmm. yeah and i think just kind of how you talked about they're all connected they all feed into one another and um like you said, kind of our whole team has just been digging into researching a lot of this. And um, like even like you said, two members of our staff like Luke and Lindsay have um, specifically poured into um, studying addiction and family counseling with that. And I think it was just mind blowing to hear that all of it comes from this lack of connection, like a lack of people feeling loved, of people feeling accepted. Um, and that's exactly what God provides for us that's what God wants us to know that uh, when we know him that we truly are loved we truly are accepted and we can be connected with him and um, if Satan can convince us otherwise that starts to unravel our marriages uh, because like we've talked about before like we have to it starts with a relationship with God and knowing that we're loved so that way we're not putting those expectations on another person to fulfill that need for us because we can't um, walk up to another person and rely on them to make us feel like we're enough, that we're happy, that we're beautiful, that we're special. Um, only God can fill those needs in our lives. And so even if it just starts as small as that of relying on another person to fill those needs rather than God, then suddenly we're not getting that need met and we're not feeling connected. We're not feeling loved. And when that's, um, if that's at the foundation of your marriage and how that pours into your families and then that pours into it becomes generational. And so that was another aspect that we were kind of just discovering as we were researching all of this is not only is um, like our broken, like broken marriages, addictions, sex trafficking, human trafficking, um, and just all of these other things were kind of all mixed together, like due to this lack of lack of connection. So um, it just kind of. I think, yeah, it kind of became an organic thing of where it all starts is people obviously knowing their relationship with God and having that start and pour into um, healthy God-centered marriages because when we have a solid foundation of that family, that can then raise up, um, yeah, stronger dynamics generationally from there and just that goes on to affect so many other things. But yeah, it's just kind of, it's crazy to, crazy to hear how they're all connected, but um I guess maybe as we're kind of my last question, as we wrap up this first episode, just as we scratch the surface, like what is um, Amanda and both you and Joe of what is your biggest hope of um, people walking away from this series thinking about marriage? Like what would be your biggest encouragement or hope for people? Hmm. Mine would be, Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say you answer first because I didn't want to uh, go first. <laughs> sure. Okay. Got it. Um, I guess mine would be to first like acknowledge and admit that you're totally messed up. <laughs> like, <laughs> just that, you know, even if you understand what we're talking about, like, okay, yeah, I think I understand what a Christ-centered marriage looks like or what the purpose of a Christ-centered marriage is. I have no clue how to do it. Or um, I have so many past hurts, trauma, wounds, unhealthy dynamics, you name it, that, you know, like I understand what you're saying, but there's 
so much in me that I also see needs healing um, to just lean into it. I see so many uh, couples ignoring what needs to happen. And no one will do this for us. So I guess my hope would be that you would take in what we're talking about and you would refuse to ignore what needs to happen now, whether that's, you know, ongoing counseling is, and we're going to, you know, talk about different, different topics, issues within marriage, but this is not like, Oh, I'm good. I listened to that. Now I'm good. No, like this is a lifelong process of, again, healing, learning tools, um, dying to ourselves, community to hold us accountable. Like, so my hope would just be that you take these in and that that's your starting place. Like that, that'd be my hope. I pretty much echo that. (laughs) No, that, that, you know, going back to, you know, what Amanda said about uh, uh, marriages being the lesser of two evil of, of, getting back to what God intended for our marriages and being that example to the world of, of, you know, our marriages being not, not perfect, but strong enough and attractive enough that people not only do they want to get married because of the examples they've seen, but also get a deeper and more beautiful meaning of God's love for us and what he, what he intends for us. So, um, yeah, yeah. I'd like to add to, you know, as you're saying that, Joe, I'm thinking last week I was so mad at my husband that I had to call an emergency counseling session and that's okay. (laughs) I think what we need also in the church is to be more honest about what's hard and where we're really struggling to maybe release something or admit something or move past something or whatever it is. Um, Because when we don't, we're really preventing others from being honest themselves. And we need, we need to experience church that isn't afraid to say what's hard themselves and then you know, if we're, if we're too afraid to admit that, we really can't accept others in that either. So I just may also, I guess my hope would be that, yes, what we're talking about is this beautiful picture that God does invite us into and that we can experience within marriage. And at the same time, this does not mean that you are to portray something that is not there. It does mean that we can be honest about how we're finding it difficult to crucify our flesh each day so that others can help us in that place. I guess I just see so often that because we're Christian, we assume that we should have these phenomenal marriages. If anything, we should assume that we're all having a very difficult time um, dying to ourselves. So how can we support each other in that so that we can experience more and see more of the ripple effect versus hiding it not being honest about it and it actually not getting better, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like you said, it's, if it just sits in the dark and it's not something that we talk about, it's not going to get better. 
Um, so it kind of, yeah, like you said, it starts here with being, being honest, not only with ourselves, but with our, I think spouses and families and church family and, um, just not being afraid to talk about the hard things and accept that we're not, we're not perfect. We're a lot of, we're a lot of messy, broken people. And we're kind of all in this, all in this together. And I think, I don't know, it's one of my favorite things that you say, Joe, but of like, um, it's not about crossing the finish line first. It's not about, uh, beating the people next to us. It's about getting as many people as we can together and crossing that line together. So, um, yeah, we're just kind of crazy excited for, um, these conversations. And like we said, this is just scratching the surface of the topic of marriage. And over the next couple episodes, we're going to be diving into, um, more of these conversations, deeper conversations. And so if you want to stick with us and join us in our next episode, we're going to be talking about the importance of prayer and communication within marriages, but, uh, thank you guys so much for joining us. Thanks Amanda for, uh, speaking with us. Um, we'll see you guys over there next time.